Jamie McKenzie was just 25 when he was thrust into the dugout at Elgin, but he landed a Manager of the Month award just a few weeks later. While he'd returned to focus on playing, it was enough to give him the bug for being a boss, and so it wasn't long before he was getting involved in coaching again. He quickly made his mark. After winning the Central Division 2 title during four seasons at fourth, he guided Garth Ken to West Region League One success. Following a shock exit from the Cairn, he took over at Lanark United last year and is now building his squad for the new season. Jamie joins us this week and tells us about his ambitions for the Yows despite a summer of early blows. We hear why he thinks he has unfinished business at Garth Ken and the influence of John McVeigh, who he played under at four different clubs. Plus, Jamie reveals why it's his fault he didn't play at a higher level. There's also a recap of the managers who have been on the move this week in Roach's Roundup. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, Paul, New Mains United back in action on the weekend and a win. Yeah, it was good to be back, Gareth, and... Good for the boys to get a win, and obviously we're playing in that uh, six-team cup uh, sponsored by Breathing Space, and it was good just to get off to a flyer. Uh, Saturday night was good in the group chats, and everybody was happy. Uh, I was really chuffed for the boys because they, they've worked hard, and we've been through it. Obviously, with the season finishing for us in December, we were just starting to get a wee result there at the end against Yoka. Then we went to East Kilbride. I think it was the last game in December and could beat one now, but it was one of those games where probably we should have took something from it. So added two or two or three boys to the squad we've had and that was a great result on Saturday and hopefully we can carry that into Belsa on Saturday. With you being a a Kaluk, a Kaluk man, beating Kaluk three one, uh a bit of banter from the sidelines, was there? Not at all. Uh, I've got a lot of good friends there, and I know Mark Weir, and I know Weary well, and actually, I played golf with the, the chairman, Stevie Kane, the day after, because I remember at the golf club, and the two of us ended up going for a game of golf the next day, so, not a lot of good friends up there, and as I say, it's my, my hometown team, but uh, I have a lot of respect and a lot of time for Kirk. Who won the golf? Uh, who won the golf? Uh, uh, he must have won it. If you, you, you remember, it was, a, it was a bigger competition. I think me and Stevie both played like Cousin Sunday, so none of us. Good stuff. Uh, a quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers, and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization, or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal, and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com and we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Hi, I'm Paul Maxwell, manager of Ashfield Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Lanark United boss Jamie McKenzie is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Jamie. Thanks for having us, guys. 
We'll, uh, we'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. Paul, you've got the clues this week. Dead easy this week. Honestly, I say that every week, but it's dead easy. So, Jamie, it's League One, as in League One in the SPFL, down right down the lowlands into the, the west of Scotland or the Highlands, whatever we do. So the team was established in 2019, having previously had another name. They won the South of Scotland League Cup in 2015-16 season. They play in the fifth tier of Scottish football. And they made Scottish football history v Cree Town when they fielded a team with no Scottish players in the starting lineup. Oh, silence. I thought I had it, but... I saw that, did I? That last one threw me. Yeah. I think I still might have a clue. Right. We'll reveal all at the end of the show. Hi, my name's Jamie Nesbitt, manager of Thornwood United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Lanark United boss Jamie McKenzie is our guest this week. Well, Jamie, we had uh, we had Paul Paul back in action there on the on the weekend with New Mains United. Uh, I was reading earlier on there. I think were you back pre-season on May the twenty-second, and you got your first game this weekend at Cumnock. Yeah, that's right. We've decided to kind of take an easy game to start with away to Cumnock. So <laughs> going to be a difficult one, but I chose it for a reason because I thought it was very early on the preparation. So. Um, going down there will be still part of our, our, our working ethos to, to try and get as match fit and stuff and get us further doing the, the preparation to be, to be ready for the, the middle of July when the league starts but um, it'll be a very tough game for us but one that we're really looking forward to we've not played for a while so we're, we're looking forward to it Yeah I was also looking there I think I saw you quoted saying you'd maybe got about 15 signed players and you were hoping to get it up to near the sort of 20 mark by the time of the season Starting and you might bring some trialists in. So have you got some new faces playing on Saturday? Um, it could be a wee, a wee mix. We've actually, we've actually picked up a couple of wee strains and um, we'll have to judge them tomorrow night at training. But um, we, we might actually have to bring one or two in um, just to make up kind of numbers on Saturday because you don't. The last thing you want to do when you're going to a, a Super League club is going going with a, with a weekend squad. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what tomorrow after training brings. But um, We'll be one or two of our new signings involved. John Henderson, unfortunately, tested positive, so he is only out of isolation today. So he'll start training tomorrow. Whether he's involved, it might be a bit early for him. So um, we're a wee bit stretched, but we're still we're still looking to add to our squad. So as I said, it will be used as, as part of our preparations. I see um, you're hoping to keep hold of Mark Haddo. Has he has he told you yet what he's what he's going to do yet, or are you still still waiting? Still waiting. I think the situation we had is that he's, he, since I came in last year, he's been absolutely fantastic for me. You know, he's, I think he's 35, 36. So when we sat down and spoke to him at the end of the season, we said that we would like to keep him. That that was our hope. But he had asked us, that would would it be okay if he um, came in, did pre-season, see how his body held up? Um, and since then, we, we spoke on Saturday and he, he's happy to come in, play a couple of games and maybe a week or so down the line, he'll be able to tell us what, where he feels and We've got to respect that because he's, you know, he's he's obviously trying to make sure his body's ready for for what lies ahead. Obviously, you went in sort of last year, Jamie, to the club at the end of last season. Last season, how did you how did you find it when inheriting somebody else's squad? Did you have to 
add much to it? Was there guys leaving? Is there guys out of contract? What kind of state was Lanark in when you got it? I think because of where we were at, I think it was a case of um, the squad was in place. Um, it had a lot of talented squad. You know, it was a talented squad. I don't know the reasons for the previous manager leaving. That was that I was I was just kind of privy to that. So, um, but he left a decent squad and a, and a group of boys who were who were well drilled. And so he deserves a lot of credit for that. So when I went in, I watched took, before I took over the job. My, one of my sons had taken ill and. Um, we found out he had type 1 diabetes so it was quite a bit of a shock so I was, I was unsure whether I was going to take the job at first um, so I went to watch them a couple of times before I, I decided to take the job and they were good Hugh Kerr took the team and they, and they were good I think they, they lost by the odd goal to Colsite and then they beat, they beat St Ants um, and then when I went in we went to Persia and won um, I think we played 4 through 1-3 one, one, which was, was great their attitude was different class but as as football goes, we've we've lost we've lost three or four or, or kind of more experienced players, should I say, rather than better players. But that's, that's probably disrespectful to the rest. But um, so it, it was we're starting a rebuild. But certainly the foundations were left by the previous manager and um, the, the boys were there, attitudes and and, and everything have been fantastic. So the, the previous manager deserves a lot of credit for that. For our obviously our listeners are maybe not too familiar with Lanark United. Is obviously quite a big club. A well-supported club. Can you tell tell us a little bit more about them, or tell the listeners a little bit more about them? You've obviously come from Gart Cairn uh, previously, which have done well and went up the le- the, the leagues. Alanic, a, a sleeping giant in terms of semi-professional football. Well, I think they certainly got, certainly got ambition. I think when 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 I was offered the job, um, I think one of the things that drew me to the job. I, I mean, I had won the league at fourth, and then went on and won the league at Gart Cairn, and I felt that. Maybe I was. This might sound big-headed. I don't mean it to. That I wanted a crack at something a bit, a bit bigger. Like maybe a, a super league team or, or even a, a kind of. I don't, I don't lowland league or something like that. But uh, as soon as I, left, I spoke to to Jordy, who's the kind of chairman there, he sold the whole thing to me. They're so ambitious in, in terms of they want to support the manager, they want to push, they want to be the best that they can be. Um, as you mentioned, obviously I've no, I've no, had the luxury of seeing it yet, but well-supported club, fantastic wee village, great place, town or whatever it is. I better not get that wrong. Um, Royal Borough. Aye, Royal Borough, so it is. <laughs> so they are a, no, they're a very ambitious club and been very helpful to me in terms of trying to build a squad, which you know yourself at this minute in time is no easy for for the lower clubs. Um, but with that support, it makes it, it makes it slightly easier. So um, we're hopeful that we can we can assemble a, a good competitive squad and, and be up there challenging. How, how tough has it been? I mean, we ask a lot of the managers we've had on about keeping that continuity going. And I, w- I was, again, I was uh, looking at some of your comments and some managers have sent their players away with diet, diet uh, guidelines, with fitness guidelines, Looks like you, you, your, your kind of methods of working was to just basically put it onto the players and, and say, you know, show me how responsible you are and how much you want to play for this club and come back fit, otherwise you won't play for me. Pretty much, pretty much. That's kind of what I tried to put in place when I take, took the job, and um, I just I just reiterated that to them and said to them, listen, I think because we're different, we 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 continue to play. With some clubs had a, a huge layoff, we st- we still had a, a part early off, but. Um, so I put it in their, in their laps and said to them, listen, come back in a, in a very good condition, come back in a condition ready to train in terms of being, being in and being, being involved with the ball and stuff. Still obviously physical work needs to be done, but um, 
and I, and I said to him basically, if you can back a condition that, that allows me to go and hit the, the ground running, then your preseason will be the ball. And ninety five percent is we've used the ball, we've worked really hard, but they've come back in a good condition. So um, here's hoping Saturday will be slightly different because you, you get a different type of fitness. So no doubt one or two of them will maybe find it hard, but listen, that's that's what preseason games are about. That's kind of the one thing I found, Jamie. That a lot of the boys come back in really good shape. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised at that, and I think that went a long way to a result on Saturday. <laughs> How you, you spoke previously about the, the, the club's ambitions. What, what is the ambition for Lanark? I know it's to, to challenge at the top, but and, and you talk, talked about getting to you know managing in the Lowland League. Do you see Lanark ever be able to get up as high as the Premier? Or would you see that you know if they could get up into the championship? That would be a huge for a club like Lanark. I think it's a difficult question. I think you'll probably be in the same boat as me, where you're you're driven to be the best that, that you can possibly be in terms of it doesn't matter budgets on a Saturday. It's eleven v eleven, all the kind of things that people say to you. But um, I genuinely believe they've got everything in place. That their playing surface is second to none. Um, as I said to you, I've inherited a very good squad and we're hoping to kind of put our own mark on it with our own, our own players. Um, and, and, and then you kind of put it in the lap of the players in, in the hope that they can drive it forward. And If it starts well, then you, you try and progress and you try, you try and add to it all the time. You try and become better. To, to set targets of being here there, I think it's a bit unrealistic for a club because I think we, they'll, they'll only, only kind of targets I'll set this year is that we, we must be up there, we must be up there challenging we've looked at the league and there's some good teams some good competitive teams but I took this job because I thought the club were as ambitious as myself and um, if that's the case then we, we must be up there challenging, I, I don't probably the same as every manager will say I don't play to be second, I don't play to lose and I won't accept it so um, but it's about driving standards, if we can get these standards then it's my job to go and drive them and, and, and make sure that they, that they, they continue the standards I think again from our point of view, I see the the actual conferences as a catalyst to be able to jump up the leagues. So like to for yourself going competing if you you can finish in that uh, what would that be like the top top four or five then ultimately you've got a chance of you know of getting into the into the championship then which is which is massive again for Lanark, isn't it? For for where they've been in the last couple of years. I think it is. I think it definitely is. And as you say, it's probably the best opportunity that the, the, the smaller clubs, the so-called smaller clubs, have, have had for a number of years. But I think without kind of pointing the finger, there's, a, there's numerous clubs throwing big, big money at it. And it's difficult to compete with, you know, when you're trying to sign players um, and, and you're, not even, you're not even close to, to getting anywhere near where, where these boys are getting. So um, you've got to do the best with what you've got. And uh, I'm, so far, I'm quite happy with we're probably a few a few players away from where we want to be, but um, our recruitment so far is I've been happy with. Was it a bit of a blow to learn that Gareth Holford would be out for what two years potentially with with his knee injury? I said the summer's been full of blows. If I'm honest, I think uh, initially I lost your care. He's, he scored numerous goals for Lanark. You know, he's, he scored. I don't really know, but I think it's 20-plus for how many seasons. I really I don't know. So to, how do you replace that? That's that's the thing. And then we've lost probably one of the best young full-backs in, in, in junior football. Um, we then lost our central midfielder to, to Blantyre. So all these bigger clubs were coming in and just, just kind of 
pinching our players and no pinching, that's the wrong word. Kind of cherry picking your players and and you're, you're almost helpless to to stop it because it's an opportunity to they see to play at a higher level and, and it's hard to argue with the players and, and obviously with that higher level comes a wee bit more expenses or whatever as you call it. Um, and Gareth being somebody who w- would have been a big part of your plans if he hadn't have got that injury, presumably. Huge, huge. As I said, I, I bought him when I, when I took the Gert Cairn job. I, uh, I went out and bought him from Lanark and brought him in and he, he was great. Um, unfortunately, didn't really settle and ended up back at Lanark. So when I took the job, um, he, I came in and had a conversation with him that he would be my, would be my number one goalie. He's, he's, he's top goalkeeper in my opinion. So, um, it's a massive blow, not just for the club, it was a massive blow for the boy because the age he's at, um, it, it might very well spend, spell the end for him. That, that's a shame because he's he's been a, a very good servant to Lana and still got a lot to offer as a goalkeeper. You uh, you took over at Lanark, uh, as we said, last uh, last year. Um, that came 11 months after you'd left. God, Ken, did, did, did leaving there kind of disappoint you after the sort of success that you'd had? I think everything comes to an end, but I think the manner in which it, which I left upset me. I've kind of moved on for it now, but at the time, I felt as if I had earned the, the right to, you know, it wasn't going great. We, we lost some silly games. We were sixth in the league. We were still in the Scottish Cup. You know, it wasn't a disaster. Um, but the club chose to take it in a different direction. And as I said, I wasn't happy at the time. Myself and the chairman exchanged words and whatever, but us and we're, we're good friends and we, I stay in touch with all the committee and stuff and I, I hope they go and do well but um, from a personal point of view I thought I had finished business I thought I could have took them on a level um, and, and obviously they've, they've got a fantastic facility that's grown all the time seats ready to go in and everything and um, new changing rooms everything's getting better and, and unfortunately I was only part of the plans I never really seen much it come to fruition what was the kind of downturn in the results? Because I mean, it wasn't we're not talking disaster here, are we? We're just talking a few results. Because everybody, everybody was shocked at, at what happened, Jamie. What was it? Just a few injuries? Just just wasn't clicking for those games, or? See, see if I'm honest. I think my recruitment probably wasn't wasn't great. I probably was thinking too far ahead of myself. Um, and that's not being disrespectful to any of the players. I say no, but I don't mean it like that. I just. Um, I should probably have went with what I, what I had because the players that I inherited for David Gregg again similar to just now I inherited a great squad for David Gregg it almost made my job 10 times easier when I went in um, we hit the ground running straight away because they had that continuity they played with David the season before they had won the promotion and we added wee bits and pieces we added Barry McGeaton we added uh, Martin Shields um, no, no great no great amount um, so, so kind of we thought we were doing a good job at the time and listen we were doing a good job at the time because the results tell you we were and it wasn't even a downturn in results I wouldn't have said it was that I think it was more we were losing silly games like I can't even remember one of the Usher sides came up I can't remember who it was and they were 3-0 down in 20 minutes and I was like I'm standing the dugout saying what is going on here and so that, that must have been the echoed for the, the kind of directors and, and then we end the game 3-2 and, and, and much better side and and then there was other games. It just, it, it must just maybe just alarm bells with them that things were starting to slip or whatever. I'm just thinking it out of the box. I don't know, but um, I still felt it was if I was in control it and, and that we could have we could have progressed it and, and kind of if we had learnt from the mistakes I had made that year and we could have kind of pushed it on. But 
it wasn't it being we're, we kind of move on and wish them all the best and at the time did it put you off did it put you off management did you still have that I know that later on you said you want you know you wanted to go back into it but at, at that time was there a fire in your belly to say look I need to go and prove this wrong I need to go and put the the wrongs right type thing or were you a bit scunnered with it at the time no I, th- I think as I said to you I've not made any secret that I was angry about it, and myself and Alec McDowell, who was the chairman at the time, had, had words, and, and, and listen, we stood, both of us stood by that, and as I say, we'll put it in the past, and we're, we're, we're friendly, and we're good, we're good friends, so, um, but, no, I, I didn't think I'd end to prove to anybody, I mean, I had went there for a team who had who'd been promoted to the, the bottom league, into the next league, and um, we, we had went, and, and, and really, some of our games we were fantastic, and we won the league on merit. We were the best team in the league, in my opinion, by a mile. Um, so no, I had no regrets. I think I, I, I had done everything I'd done, and it was almost a case of saying, "Well, let other people judge if if it was the right decision or the wrong decision." But when the when the time comes for me and the, the right job comes, and I'm ready to go back in. How how good was that uh, that league win with Dark Ken in your first season? There, take us back to those. You know those days and, and how well that went. It's great. It's obviously good, good to win leagues. It's good to win games and good to win leagues. But I left fourth. It was probably one of the most difficult decisions I had because I had a lot of friends in fourth in terms of the committee and it's a close knit club and a close knit kind of wee village. Um, even to this day, I'm, I'm still friendly with, with, with them all. To to go in and tell them that I was when Kern came in that I was going to speak to them and almost in my head I, I knew I was going because I'm an Airdrie boy. It's my local team. I always wanted a crack at it. I always thought I could do well with it, and that, that was more a, a, a chance to go and prove that I could I could do it at a higher level. I'd won the bottom league, and I felt I, I could go and push it on and, and take that care further. Which I, I think I think the proof shows that I, I did take them on, um, and, and maybe not as far as I would have liked, but we, we, we certainly did well. You said you've uh, still got friends at fourth. How many How many did you lose when you took the Lanark job? By the way, <laughs> it's funny, and I possibly never knew the big, the rivalry how how, how strong it is. <laughs> I had a lot of, a lot of traitor messages and stuff, but it was it was all in good fun. But uh, I think that all these people did send me the messages and stuff, but they were all very supportive and saying good luck. And apart from any time you come to fourth and stuff like that, so that, that was appreciated. Made it made it kind of a wee bit easier. I think yeah. I'll react to what Jamie says there. The guys at fourth in the committee are absolutely fantastic and always there to help out, and they? You know, even you know, we we stressed us in the ground. I come up and use our ground, and do you know what? You know, we, we'll put on the you know the catering facilities and all that. Absolutely fantastic. It's a great club, but obviously you had some great times at Jamie. Yeah, I think that, that's that's what it is. And to bring that success, he hadn't won anything for thirty four years, so he won that. I'm not saying it meant more than the Gertcairn one, but to, to see the look in the, the kind of older guys' faces in the committee that they, they maybe never thought they were going to get that success again was was priceless. Yeah, for the listeners, just in case they, they don't know, I think that was the Central Division 2 title, wasn't it? And, yeah. Uh, yep. You were there between 2014 and 2018. You know, as, as groundings in management go, what we're talking about seven years ago, you were kind of in your early 30s. I mean, great, great kind of grounding in management as well and to, to achieve as well at the same time with some accomplishment yeah well I think I think my, my spell at Elgin I, was, I think I was only 25 at the time when I, I was kind of thrust into position when David Robertson resigned for Elgin and 
the chairman asked me to take the team there, and it ended up lasting for like 12 weeks, and I think we won 10, drew one and lost one, and I think that's why I caught the bug. So, um, but my early 30s, ankles and hamstrings and start, things started catching up me, and I, I knew my time was up, and it was, it was the automatic thing for me to do was to try and get a, a job in management, and luckily Forth had a, a, bit of, a bit of faith for me to give me my first job. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about the Algin thing. We'll 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 come onto your actual playing days in the second half of the show. But uh, you're 25 and you get the phone call presumably to say, right, we've got we've got a job for you this weekend, Jamie. Can you manage the team? Uh, was that was that daunting to begin with? Um, or I mean, I was looking at you. I think you actually you want to manage with a month. I think December or January, didn't you? For for your record. Five January uh, December 2005, manager of the month. So, um, not it was crazy. I think sitting on the mantelpiece behind him, he's got he's got to get it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to keep it out. I'm not even allowed my league winners medals here fired in a clear <laughs> covered somewhere. <laughs> my my pride and joy as well. <laughs> no, when I when I when I went to the chairman pulled me in at, at Elgin and I thought, can I, what's this about? Obviously, I'd known David and, and Kerry Black had left on the Thursday night and they were trying to buy the club and it didn't work and they, they did just that was him, they were away. And the chairman said, listen, you're the club captain, I would like you to take the team for a game or two to give the, the board a, an opportunity to kind of gather their thoughts. And I said, well, listen, of course, I, I'll, I'll go in there, I'll do it as best I can. And we won and we won the next week, we won the next week and we won the next week and I'm thinking, Where's this going? It, it, it got ridiculous because it got to the point where um, I kind of forced myself into an interview and I'm thinking, I'm 25 here. I, I, I'm nowhere near ready to be a manager. But I, I wanted to be involved in it because it, it, it went so well. And When Brian Irving got the job, I ended up his assistant for a short space of time, but it was, it was pretty clear our, our ideas were mega different. So I decided to just decide to uh, go back and play. A 25-year-old... Why is he? Why is he come to you? Is it more? Are you the senior player in the team? Is there older guys more experienced? Were you the more vocal or captain? And why were you the guy that was picked? Never vocal. Never. That <laughs> <laughs> um, was the club captain. I think that was the obvious choice. And I, and I was obviously kind of, kind of bubbly boy. And um, they, they've obviously got the vibe. But obviously, I'm one of the kind of more senior players. And he just said, listen, it's hopefully it'll only be for a game or two. And, and it wasn't, it was for three months. <laughs> so, um, it, listen, it was great. And I said, yeah, that's where I got the bug. And I thought, listen, when I'm, once I'm finished playing, this is, this is definitely something I want to do. This is something I want to tune in on. I, I like this story. So, <laughs> going in there, all your pals are sitting there. You're probably, well, not probably, you'll be in a car share going up to Elgin. There'll be, be a crowd you going up all of a sudden this Saturday. You're the gaffer. Or did you say, listen lads, I've been thrust into this job here, so roll with me? Well, I think that was the case in the first couple of weeks, but after we got a couple of wins, it was Billy big time, up in the train the Friday night, hotel, the lot. Was <laughs> it? <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. It was. No, I'm only <laughs> planes up the Elgin. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at the players like I don't even know some of you. <laughs> No, listen, it was it was great times and it's something I'm really, really proud of, but um it's funny because David, David obviously tried to buy the club with Kenny and um I was really close with both of them and uh, I kind of was like reluctant to take it and I said to the chairman, Listen, I, I need to speak to David and Kenny because if David had said no then it would have been a no. I would have, I went and gave my all for the club because it, 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 I loved it up there. But um 
as soon as I spoke to the two of them, they were like, definitely go for it, go for it. And I got their blessing. And funny, David Robertson was the first person to phone me straight after the first win and Kerry Black straight after him. So it, it was great. And have you watched the, the programme in that Royal, is, was, was the uh, name of the Royal, Royal, Cash- Royal Cashmere? Have you seen that? Was he, was he like that as a manager for, for the listeners who don't know what that is? This is David Robinson's going to India and oof, what a situation he's found found himself in. But a fiery character. I tell, I tell you what, he was the most, he was the nicest guy you would ever meet. Like top guy, really friendly with him, even even now. To, for the guy that played at his top level, really down to earth, really nice guy. When he kicked off, you got yourself out the road in that dressing room. I'm no joke. I've seen, I've seen managers kick off John McVeigh and, and, and John McCormick. People at Robbo. Jeez, I tell you what. See, see that left peg when it, there's bags of balls lying about. You want to get yourself out the road? <laughs> I'm no joking. But he's, listen, he's a, he's a top guy, top top guy. But um, aye, what what a temper. Did you have to go and buy a suit when you won that manager of the month competition, or did you have one already? No, I, I still had my, my suit for going to court. <laughs> <laughs> every, every cloud then? It's funny, I, I got it and they, they made the presentation at Airdrie Stadium. And I, think, I can't remember if it was me, Murray or Alan Moore or Sandy Stewart or whoever had got one of them. And I get absolutely slaughtered. They were up in tracksuits and that I'm up with a suit and that one. <laughs> Schoolboy era. <laughs> so this is the side the football that, that people don't see you're at the time I presume is staying down in Lancashire Airdrie yeah. and you're way Elgin City tell us a wee bit about that and the journey up because what did you do were you training up there once a week or were you training in Perth or how, how did it work <laughs> we trained we, tra- we trained with Shorts Monocord with, with Stan Murdoch so with the sixes <laughs> is that right we trained with Stan, he was good enough to take us in and, and, and the other squad trained at Elgin because they were full-time. They, they'd, wee boy Ian Vigers, Gary Wood, all the boys that went on to good careers. What players? What, what a group of players they had. And see, they would have bought Elgin. If you can imagine what kind of side they would have had because so many kids coming through were fantastic. Um, so, we... Was that though there at one time? Was he there when you were just, there? Just, uh, just before me, the goal right. was in the so... I think well, I could see they done well, good, good guy, and that boys were raved about him. So, but no, he wasn't there when I was there. Thankfully, shows on a call twice a week, and then a car share on a Saturday morning. Other with Elgin, nine seater to be David Johnson, who's running. There was a, the fitness coach took us up. Um, we Davies at Albion Rovers now. What a what a poor guy! I can take a listen. I can give you hours of stories. The pelters he took me up there. Why? Why was that? Just because it was, he was driving, he was getting picked on. That was it. <laughs> it maybe, maybe on the way up to the game, seeing the way back when the boys had a few beers and the Chinese and that. Oh, listen, it's not really for your viewers, but some, some of them are uh, some of them are quite out of order. <laughs> I was the worst date you get dropped off in. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't big. I had, I had always the car like parked at Cumbernauld or something. Right. So I wasn't big and, and having a drink. It was just the boys at car shared a few of them would. Would have a drink or whatever, but um, I was with some good times up there. No, not so many great results, but some good, some good times. <laughs> you, you talked about how you kind of almost like got the management bug, you know. But did did, did had management ever crossed your mind at that point? You're 25, obviously, so it shouldn't really maybe not be crossing your mind. But had, it, had, it, had you had you thought oh, I might like to try that sometime, or was it only after that that you thought right, I definitely yeah. want to go for this? 
probably just after that, Garrison for Morris. I think it was. Um, you're not thinking that at 25. I still think I've got a good 10 year left in me. Um, yeah. At that point, but um, as soon as I done that, then, then it was kind of, and then the injury started kicking in in my early 30s, and it, it was an easy transition just to try and to go, to become a coach, and then um, thankfully, as I, as I said, I got a shot at being a manager. And you also said that when Brian came in and you were his assistant, your ideas kind of differed. You're shaking your head there. Uh, was, was that like uh, philosophy-wise, you know, the way you want to play the game or the type of players you wanted to bring in? Or? Nah, I think, I don't know if Brian would, would say this, but the truth of the matter was he probably didn't want me there. And I think because I'd done so well, the, the kind of chairman made it happen. And then he brought the boy Richie, Richie Huxford, which English lad that played for uh, Dunfermline, which uh, gradually kind of eased me out. And then... Uh, it was only a matter of time. I was never going to be able to stay at the club while while they were in charge. And I know you'd had a bit of then. You had a bit of experience, assistant kind of managers of various clubs before you got the fourth gig, didn't you? And, yeah. and how much how much did all that kind of feed into feeling you were ready to take that fourth job? I well, you know, you know, done my you know, homework. I went with, with Paul McKinley, who was a big boy, big player at Bonnes, and he'd asked me to go along and be his assistant at Glenrothes, so. That was only for a short space of time. Then uh, I got an assistant manager's job at Coalsafe with Eric Sinclair. So kind of uh, two good guys worked with him, learned a lot for them. And um, when, the, when the chance of the job came up, I, I decided that we'd, me and Paul McKinley would swap roles. He became my assistant. It was, it was so it was good. We bounced off each other well, so and really enjoyable. Colin Roth, this is a strange choice of job for the. Well, he must have been decent there. <laughs> Wasn't it actually? But I think what it was was just an opportunity that arose. I didn't know Paul that well, apart from him being a, I think he was the all-time top scorer at Bones. But I knew of him, didn't know him, and it was through a mutual friend. Just said, "Listen, Paul's asking that obviously you, you might be looking to get into coaching. Would you fancy being assistant?" When I met him, got, got on with him like a house and fire straight away. So it was an easy decision. Glenn Rothis. I mean, after you played for Elgin, I mean, Glenn Rothis isn't far away, really, is it? It's like a wee, a wee trip to the shops, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to finish off, I mean, just going back to Lanark, um, Gary Johnston is is it? Is he still your assistant there? Uh, Gary's unfortunately just decided that he's he's got too much going on in his personal life. Yeah. So um, I've got Gary Flint, who was the manager at St Rocks and assistant manager Albie Rovers. Gary's a top coach, good guy. Worked to make it Cairn as well. And I've just brought in Ryan Donnelly, former Airdrie striker as well, oh. as, a, as a coach. So we're building a good wee team. Gutted that, that Gary Johnson's got too much going on, but I totally understand. And um, family and stuff come first, you know. So. Hi, my name is David Bakey. I'm the chairman of Tayport Football Club. And you're listening to Down the Divisions. Now here's Roach's Roundup with Coburn, laidside assistant boss, Des Roach. Thanks guys. Well, this week we're looking at the guys at the side of the pitch rather than the ones on it mainly. Eric, they have relieved manager Ian Little of his duties after reviewing their recent progress, or lack of it, in the Woolland League. Little had committed 16 players to sign up and with the budget remaining the same, all looked good going into next season. However, the board have had a turn of heart and they've decided to go in a new direction and ex-Esco Bride and former manager Stuart Malcolm is a trusted new incumbent of the hot seat. Staying with the managerial appointments and the Lowland League winners Kelty Hearts, 
They continue to show their ambition in appointing Kevin Thompson to fill the big shoes of previous manager and his ex-teammate Barry Ferguson. Thompson has shown his intention by acquiring Jamie Barjonis from Rangers, Jordan Forster from Dundee, the exciting Joe Cardo from Partick Thistle and Andrew Black from Edinburgh City. And rumour has it they actually attempted to sign ex-Celtic and current Peterhead player coach Simon Ferry to be his new assistant manager, however Ferry has shown loyalty and remaining at Peterhead. At Dumbarton, it's all changed again, the former assistant manager and now ex Stranan manager Stevie Farrell accepting the role of steering the Suns out of League One after four seasons away from the Rock. He brings with him his trusted lieutenants and the assistant manager Frank McEwen and Eric Phillips as his goalkeeping coach. Faz hasn't taken a moment to waste any time and he's already put his own stamp on the team with the quality additions of experienced ex-sons Andy Gagan and Paddy Boyle, along with exciting ex-Legion United striker Owen Stokes and goalkeeper Callum Harrison. The last couple of bits of managerial news, well, the widely anticipated appointment of ex-league winning manager of Abroath and until recently Aberdeen coach Paul Sheeran. He's been entrusted with guiding the Bairns back to the Championship. In the west of Scotland, the main news of the week is the appointment of ex-Cobride Thistle manager Sean Kennedy at Ardea. Maybe it doesn't sound like much, but the fact that Kennedy doesn't only bring his own backroom team, he's actually bringing his whole squad. A squad in a club that failed to gain access to the West of Scotland League recently. Maybe a bit of a takeover there, I'm thinking. And what could be causing defenders nightmares already is the news that Canvas Lang Rangers have captured Scott Anson from Sagenta and John Gemmell from Hurlford. Gemmell returning for a second spell at Somerville Park. The vastly experienced duo will ensure that no team will be able to have any day off and no centre to defender will be not expecting a few bruises. Finally, in breaking news, ex-Hearts, Leicester, Dundee United and Scotland manager Craig Levine has accepted a role as an advisor to the board at Breaking City. After one year out from leaving Hearts, Levine is stepping back in where Breaking want to build a new club new community infrastructure and Levine will be supporting a new management team. I'm looking forward to a pre-season friendly tomorrow down at the Vale against Craig Mark. Cheers. Hi, I'm Craig McEwen. I'm the St Caddock's manager and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Lanark United boss Jamie McKenzie is on the show this week. Well, we've, we've talked about your management, Jamie. Um, if we look back at your playing days, Yep. It's maybe an obvious question to start with, but just how much of an influence was John McVeigh on you as a well, as a player, as a, as a person? He gave you your debut for Partick Thistle at the age of 16, yeah? Well, he gave me my first start. Murdo McLeod actually gave me... Murdo signed me as a kid for school, and he gave me a, a subs appearance at Stirling Albion when I was just... I think I'm still the youngest player ever to play for him, but... 16 years and however long but Murdo put me as a sub and then he left the club John came in and just had faith in me straight away just said you keep training the way you'll train you'll play for me and it was true to his word I just uh, I went on had however many appearances I did for this a lot of them under him um, he got the Rafe Rovers job and had the faith to take me there although it didn't really work out for me um, and then obviously there was Dennis Muir Albion Rovers with him as well so it was huge I loved the way he worked I thought he'd People thought John was just a, a kind of shouter and this and that. What a coach he was. Best coach I've ever worked with. Different class. 
Obviously, Toby, you started your, your time uh, at Thistle. Was yep. that just in, as an apprenticeship, YTS, straight yep. to school? YTS, straight to school. I had, been, I had been community exams and stuff and playing for the reserves up at Faltus against Celtic and uh, Basket against Rangers and stuff. And kind of was getting a grounding. So they were getting a feel for me and saying, right, we're coming in full time. Went in full time. And then within months, I, I found myself on the bench for the first team towards the end of one of the seasons. And as I say, John came in, loads of faith in me, and just, but it was, it kept me grounded, you know, he played me in the first team, and then I'd finish a first team game, and at Fir Hill, and I'd be right into doing the chores, cleaning dressing rooms, brushing boots, and that's, that's what kind of gives you a kind of, a, a good ground in the game, and so, a, a lot to thank him for. Any notable names in that boot room with you, when you were, when you were coming through, any of the other lads going and make it? There's a lot of boys with Matt Lachlan and that went to ended up getting his move to St Johnson roughly about the same time I went to to, to Wraith Rovers. Um, Big Archie Alan Archibald went on to be the manager. He was he was just a year older than us in the YTS. Trying um, boys that have kind of went right to the top, but no boys that have had good careers running about the kind of lower leagues. Um, but I great times. I absolutely love my time at Thistle. Yeah, you mentioned how John McVeigh had this reputation and how it wasn't the right type of reputation. Have you taken some of what, some of his methods into your own management? Do you think, um, looking back, do you look back now or were you too young to maybe appreciate the way he was with you and the way he was with the teams? No, I, t- I, try, and t- I try and use try and use it as much as I can. I thought, as I said to you, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he, was a, he didn't get enough credit for how good a coach he was. And I've, t- I've tried to take a lot of things for him. And as I has done with, with two or three different managers, I've, I've tried to kind of, Take the good, the good that I think it, that they were doing us, and, and I've tried to make that into my kind of mold my style for myself. Do, do you look back now, and I mean, you're in that Partick team at such a young age. Do you look back now and think you you could have played higher, you could have you could have achieved more in the game at a higher yeah. level? Possibly, possibly, and I think a lot of that, especially that that more comes when I moved to Ray Rovers, and I think. I, I didn't do enough. I went up there on a two-year deal after, and, and I went up. If I'm honest with the attitude, that I was a first-team player when I was there. I was a kid. I was still a kid. I still went up there with the same attitude I had at Thistle, and I would have. I'm sure I would have kept on. Because I went up there, and it's not as if they didn't play young players. It's young Kevin Nicholl, Dean Shields went to Sunderland, Paul Shields went to Celtic. So they played all the young boys. Just so the, the one person to blame for that was me. I, I obviously didn't apply myself the, the way I should have. And, and when did that realization hit you? Because I, I mean, we've had a few people on here talk about penny penny dropping and things like that. When did when did the penny drop? When it was too late, almost? Or? Too late, million percent too late. When I finished, and I looked back at the time, I probably blamed other people. Probably blamed how man was playing. When the answer's staring you in the face, you're not playing because of yourself. And the manager coming out to me now tells me that's why why I wasn't playing. That I always say to players that listen, I pick the team, you stay in the team. Or you, or you don't stay in the team. So uh, effectively, players pick the team, not, not the manager. And as I say, that that's probably one of the things that let me down, my attitude. So you, you had a loan move to Cowden Beath. Was that while you were at Thistle? Was that when you were at Wraith Robles? Yeah, uh, well, I was at Thistle. I went there with, under Craig Levine and Gary Kirk. Played four or five games there, which I, I needed to do. I was at, sitting at Thistle, wasn't playing. Wasn't playing reserves. Reserve games were going off. It was murder. So managed to get five games out there. Good. Came back into the team. We Tam Bryce 
Tommy Bryce took the job and he went out in a loan spell and he said to me, listen, good day well, come back and you'll play. And again, I did got a chance again, got back in the team and it just wasn't it wasn't working. That's when luckily I was I managed to get the move to to Race Rovers. Do, do you think the, that realization you talked about in the penny dropping does that? I know you said the manager and you now sees why. Do you use that talking to players as well? Can you use that? I, I try to use it with some of the younger players in terms of almost getting them to, to make sure that they don't allow standards to drop. Because I watch some of the young players, even at Lanark, they know, and the standards are huge, the standards are high, but it's only human nature that they'll drop. But I, I try and make it my job to not allow them to drop um, and try and deal with them in the right way and, and no shouting and balling and going and, and saying, and listen, you, you've set the standard, I'm only here to, to kind of maintain these standards and make sure you don't drop below them. So that, that, that's, the, that's the challenge. I would rather, I'm not saying I would rather do that than win leagues, but... Uh, a big part of me as a manager and as a coach wants to develop young players as well. We're obviously around about the same age. Jamie, do you find though that the way you, you treat young players, young young players don't always respond to that now, though, do they? It's, it's kind of like, it's completely different from when you, I mean, you talk about the the, the, the managers that, that you come across and give you your chance. It's completely different, isn't it? Yeah, the game's changed so much. I think <laughs> some of the managers I talk about with a about your slap I'm not being funny with that you get a clip around the ear and things like that now you need to, it's almost you know yourself it's like you're, you're tiptoeing around about them you you need to find out ones that you can be a wee bit harder on and ones that you you, you literally need to put an arm around and kind of just whisper tell them how good players they are and stuff like that so the game's changed massively but um, I think the, I also think that the young players attitudes are, are not as good as when I played I mean I talk about my attitude being bad, but um, so, some of the things I've, I've picked up as a manager with young players, I think, geez, oh man, you wouldn't have lasted two seconds in a dressing room in my time. And that sounds like an old man thing to say, but um, I, I know what I know what I'm trying to say. It's just like I try to avoid that as well, sounding like oh, in my day, in my day, or whatever. But but sometimes my management's completely different now. Sometimes you maybe even have to find a character that can take. They can take it, that you know, and you have you actually have to have a coach, maybe possibly somebody else, to get your message through to, to somebody, somebody who can't take it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it really is. It's it's, it's kick gloves sometimes, isn't it? Probably too much for me. Too much for me. But yeah, you're you're totally right. You've hit the nail on the head. It's it's you're almost a counsellor as well as a manager. It's, it's sometimes it's hard work. Yeah, we talk about. Playing at the, you know, you could, how you could have played higher if your mindset had been right. Could you have played more in general? I mean, when you look at your appearances for all the clubs, yeah, you know, did I mean, I, I can't remember. I mean, we, we used to kind of speak back when you were at Stenhouse Muir and stuff like that. But but you know, you look at the figures and you think for, for sort of spending a couple of years at Stenny, for example, you'd have played more than 40, 40 odd times maybe as well. And, and was it injuries or was it just that you were left at the team or? I think I've been through a spell, Gareth, when, when I left, when I was at Albion Rovers the first time, and then in the Stenish Muir I had a severe discipline problem. And, and where it came from, I've, to this day I don't know, but I was I was still kind of chirpy and, and mouthy, but I don't know, just it, that, that came into my game. It was not never part of my game. And, um, I, I, find my, I find man to be managing Craig Gottwell at fourth <laughs> one, was he? Like, like, <laughs> Biggs Gops was never a minute's problem to. <laughs> a minute's problem. I was a big gentleman. 
Was he no sent off eight times in the year you won your league? Aye, but that was causing me to tell me to send off. I tell me to get people. <laughs> <laughs> I say he was, he was only following orders, was he? <laughs> That's it. He was the season or something. Perfect student. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I mean, I saw that, I think, one, was it one season you were sent off four times? Five or six, I think, at Albion Rollers, which is ridiculous. You know, there's, there's, that's just, you talk about no playing games, that's why you don't play games. So, um, These are things that hold you back as a player as well, if you're, if you're possibly doing okay. And how, how's any scout in a stand going to be like, see you later, no chance. Because um, it's certainly what I would do as a manager. And I mean, at the same time, you had great guys like Chick Charnley, Peter Heatherston, these guys. How much did those kind of older players uh, help you coming through? Good, good coming through, definitely. But I think that kind of petulant spell hurt me when, when I was kind of one of the most senior players, which was Albion Rovers with a good group of boys, but we were very, very young. And uh, I don't know if that was something that, I, I try to take on my shoulders, and that's why I was so so angry. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it's kind of first couple of seasons of management. I was the same. I just try to calm myself down now, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you uh, you ended up going into the juniors. Yep. To finish off uh, your playing days, uh, did did that kind of was that a culture shock going yep. down to the juniors, or were you ready for that? Nah, listen, that that was my game. See at that time and. I, I loved the battle. I absolutely loved the battle. I loved the, the banter between players. So when I went in there, I was in the perfect environment. I loved it. Loved it. And uh, people don't people don't at the game at our level. People don't get enough credit because there's some smashing smashing players at this level. I think just recently Gus McPherson. I see people like him now coming to games and, and think you know that there's players there if, if you're willing to come and watch and look. I mean I had two last year. Boy, uh, Martin Shields went to Stennis Muir, didn't he play so much? And, and young Jamie Leslie's went and been a been a standout at Albion Rovers this season. So, um, if, if you're if you're a manager and you're prepared to come and watch, there's, there's certainly talent there. I was looking back. I think was it Bell's Hill on loan was your first experience in the juniors. Then it was Cumnock, Foldhouse, Vale of Clyde, and then the level five and fourth started. Ah, just kind of see at that point in time, I'm kind of just starting about. I'm just starting about the juniors, and I'm. And I wasn't one for picking up big pay packets. Apart from when I went to come, I'll, I'll confess that you know I had a decent salary there, but yeah, I wasted that. I know I was finished. I should have called time on it before that. My ankles were in bits, and I still continued to try and play. And I was letting myself down. Um, and as I say, that's when it, it, it hit home. It's, it's time to, to kind of try the other side of the game now. So, what age were you then when you finished finished playing? Because you've had this spell at 25 as a manager. You've still self-confessed, no really probably calmed down a lot. Yeah. About 32 or 33 or something at this point? I think it was about 32 when I decided, listen, enough's enough. I probably spent a season, a season and a half. I won't say making a fool of myself, but trying to do things that I just my body wasn't capable of doing anymore. I had that many injuries and broken ankles and stuff. That I just I thought I could still do what, what I could do when I was 17, 18. And it just... It wasn't happening, so it, it just it was the right time just to say enough's enough and, and move move into coaching. So actually, fourth one is probably a tailor-made job for you then, isn't it? Straight yeah. in there, a club you've played at, a club you've got a lot of respect for, and when that offer's come in, you've obviously thought, well, this is a chance for me to, to get yeah. on the other type thing. 
it was perfect and I was used to the, the, the seniors and I was just to the juniors had loads of contacts loads of people that owed me favours and, and I, I started calling all of them in so that's how we, we ended up with boys like Kenny Wright who had just come out the Motherwell first team yeah. um, Chris McGrory who played on team game Premier League games um, who else did we have we, we had a few boys you know we, we called and the last really obviously Willie McLaren I've took some, some very good players to fourth Did you miss playing? Uh, nah no this might sound strange, but not really. Not as much as I thought about. Um, the odd time in the dugout, and, and I'm probably still the same. You're probably still the same yourself. But, but it's like, I, I want to go out there. I want to go out and play. I want to go out and play. But no, nah, nah, I never met the, the big question did I miss it? No, I didn't. Because I was still involved in the dressing room, so I, I enjoyed that more. I was reading as well. I, I remember. Well, I'd forgotten we'd done the piece, but. I think you were reading Roy, reading Roy Keane's autobiography at the time uh, we spoke. Do you remember that interview? And uh, yeah. uh, I think you were reading that, and I think you'd mentioned like the likes of Paul McStay and Lambert were your kind of yeah. were your heroes that way. And tell us a bit about that. You know, I mean, you look at Keane and the way he kind of channeled his aggression. Did did you try? Were you trying to do that yourself a little bit? And I don't know. You, you, you get you get pulled a bit don't you I think there's, there's obviously players in your own position that you, you admire and stuff like that and that was the case when I spoke to you but in terms of trying to mould yourself somebody you just want to be similar don't you you're probably too easily swayed by, by some of the things you see on TV and that's what I mean with young kids just now they're definitely too too swayed by the, what they see on TV now and do you think now having having you know the penny dropping and all that kind of stuff about what you maybe didn't do as a player or what you, the extra you could have done is there a big, a big kind of fire burning inside you that that doesn't want to make the mistake as a manager, and and you're gonna you're gonna give it all the stuff that you should have maybe given as a player into your management? Um, honestly, no, really, and that, that might sound the wrong answer, but um, as I said, to player development means a lot more to me than than, than my own kind of career. I think I'm a bit realistic. I'm forty you now. Probably my chance any kind of senior job is gone because I've been out, I've been out the senior game so long. Um, so so giving young boys a chance to, to come and, and get a platform to play and use my contacts to come and watch them and get them a move means more to me than than, than me moving on to because the truth is I'm not going to get to the level that I want to be at. I think you're being quite harsh on yourself there to be honest, Jamie. Because I, I look at yourself and uh, you know we see the BSC job come up last week. I think. With what you've done at fourth, with what you've done, you know, uh, at Gart Cairn. Now, if you to get, if you to take Atlantic to that that next that next level, maybe even a level that they've not been to, and as a touch earlier yeah. on, as a catalyst here for for you to do that. You know, you look at the Lowland League jobs that are coming up. I think that I think there, there would be an opportunity for you there. Certainly, if you were a chairman of one of these clubs. You were tough to sit down and interview you. So that obviously, no, and that's no, that's no disrespect to Lanark, Jamie, because Lanark are a are a great club and a massive club. But you know, for a young man, you're, you're only forty year old. There's still that route, I think, for you. Gareth, he's looking to be my agent, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> he's doing a good sell. <laughs> I mean, he's selling me well. I want to sell me well. Selling me well. <laughs> no, but you know what? But you know what I mean. You look, we we, we yeah. look at David Swifty and that on the show. Look, yeah. 
he's that level up and went on. But no, I definitely, I definitely think there's an opportunity there for a Jamie McKenzie. Definitely. We'll see how that goes, but we'll hold our breath. Did you slip in fifty quid before the show there, Jamie? No. I think I did. That was some Forty-five. Speed. He kept a fiver for himself. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Tommy Sloan, Auchinleck Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Paul, have you got those questions again? Yeah, two years got it. He's sitting up with a smile on his face. Look, Jamie's got it. Established in 2019, having previously had another name, they won the South of Scotland League Cup in 2015-16 season. They played... They play in the fifth tier of Scottish football and they made Scottish hist- Scottish football history the Cree Town when they fielded a team with no Scottish players in the starting lineup. Am I going with it? Am I going for it? I, I might have got it. I might have got it, but I'll let Jamie yeah, go first. Easy. I thought it was great now for your first few, right? But I now think it's Caledonian Braves. Right. Gareth. I was gonna go Gretna until the last until the last clue first time round. That was what was in my head. There you go. Caledonian Braves. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they had the French boys over, didn't they? I I had, but you know what? We're running out of teams now, Gareth. I need to change this quiz up a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Good to good to see you again after all these uh, these years. And um, hope you have a hope you have a, a good season at Lanark and uh, we'll we'll maybe get you back on during the season and you can let us know how it's going. Definitely, thank you very much, guys. Bye. Thanks again to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer, or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to, or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe to alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.